To the May Road Show, episode number 175. My name is John Morgan. Cole Coffee is with me. Mm-hmm. We are in Los Angeles, California. More specifically, the very fine Sheraton Grand Los Angeles, which yes. is serving as the host hotel for this week's event. UFC 227, Dillashaw versus Garbrandt 2. You mean Killashaw, Dillashaw, Dollar Dollar Billashaw, y'all. <laughs> Love you, Karen Bryant. <laughs> that was pretty funny. She was having some fun up there. She was feeling it up on the stage. She was feeling it. it she, was, out. she was feeling it. That was fun. Uh, me, though, I got to be honest with you, man. I'm not feeling it. Mm. It's been a rough week, man. Preach it, brother. Preach it. I guess it hasn't really been made public to the world, but it is true. And uh, everybody deserves to hear it at some point. But... Uh, Dan Stop is no longer part of the MMA Junkie team. And uh, this came kind of unexpectedly. Not a lot that, that we can share about it, of course. I mean, we're uh, not, you know, not uh, involved in, in those type of decisions. But uh, Dan and the company have, uh, have made a decision to part ways. I don't even necessarily know the full details of it. But uh, I just know the man that started MMA Junkie, the man that uh, – that literally posted with the screen name MMA Junkie before we had actual bylines uh, is is no longer part of the team anymore, and it's uh, I don't know it's been it's been tough to process, man. We've known for about 24 hours, um, but I've been working side by side with the guy for about 12 years now, man. And That's uh, crazy. To, to to process, you know, I mean, it was just me and him for a while. I mean, we had a, an IT guy and um, and an, an advertising guy, but when it came to uh, editorial stuff and content creation it was just me and him yeah and then uh and then came steven morocco and then came matt erickson and so on and so forth man and, and built up to the she team just we went have downhill today. from there <laughs> <laughs> just and uh yeah built up to the team we had today and uh I, I don't know man it's been tough to process i mean dan truly uh gave me my start in this career um you know i've i've uh if, if anybody that doesn't know um you know i i i wanted to be a sports journalist I went to school you know I was sports editor in my newspaper editor in my yearbook in high school and all that stuff I wanted to do journalism but um I put myself through school working in in restaurants and um you know there came a time when the restaurant business was was paying way more than any any journalism job was going to pay so I did that for a long time and uh I got to a point at uh at I don't know 28 29 years old uh yeah 28 I think I was I was going through a divorce and uh, decided I wanted to change in life, and I read a, a, a forum post on MMA Weekly uh, of, wow. of of Trig and Gorgeous George, Frank Trig and Gorgeous George, Tag Radio. Um, they were looking for somebody to do recaps of their interviews that they were doing on their show to be placed on MMAJunkie.com. And to be honest, I didn't even I didn't even know MMA Junkie at that time, but you know that was kind of a partnership that was starting up and. Uh, you know, I reached out to I reached out to gorgeous George Garcia on on online. Sent him a uh, you know a, I guess a private message or a direct message, whatever it is you send on forums, and and told him I'd like to do it. And uh, that started out as an opportunity for me to 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 to, to do some free writing, and then the free writing came into uh, you know some 
a little bit of money and a little bit of money turned into a part-time job and the part-time job turned into a full-time job and within too long you know not too long after I, I started full-time and you know it was danced up craziest crazy situation man I grew up in Texas uh, and with the restaurant business man I, I moved to Oklahoma I moved to uh, to Kentucky uh, all around Texas and eventually I moved to Ohio and when this time came I happened to be in Dayton Ohio at the time and uh, you know, Dan asked me if hey, if it was possible. You know, when he wanted to offer me a part-time job, he's like, "Is it, is it possible that we meet?" And uh, I was like, "Well, I don't know. Where where do you live? Uh, I live in Dayton, Ohio." And he's like, "I live in Cincinnati, Ohio." So we were literally like an hour drive away, yeah. man. And we uh, we met at a B Dubs of all places. Shocker, oh, I shocker. know. <laughs> uh, had a, had well, that would have been it. Would have been BW threes. It would have been BW threes up in Ohio. Yeah. And, uh, we met there. I think. I think we did call it BW3s because yeah, that's the it Ohio. Was, it was still uh, Buffalo Wild Wings and Weck. That's right. You know there. Yeah. So we went to BW3s, especially at that time of the, that year. Yeah, it was like 2006. Yeah. 2006. 2000, yeah. 2006 and and um, yeah, late 2006 and uh, met with them and 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 he was like, hey man, we'd love to bring you on board and um, man, like the the rest is history, man. There's so many. Thing, you know, the early days of Elite XC and, and Strike Force and UFC and covering those things with him and, you know, dealing with the UFC at the time when uh, they, uh, you know, it was weird. We both had newspaper jobs and that was the only way they would let us cover the event. You know, we couldn't cover it as MMA Junkie because uh, MMA Junkie wasn't big enough to, to be uh, uh, credentialed by the UFC. We were credentialed by our newspapers and uh, we, we had the PR reps basically telling us, Hey man, if I come to Press Row and I see you on Press Row and you've got an MMA Junkie page open, you know we're kicking you off Press Row. So we'd have to be all clandestine about how we were sending <laughs> stories back. And um, I mean, you know, those were the days when, when, uh, when the fight cards, man. I mean, remember that dark fights, dude. I mean, fights that literally didn't even get streamed online anywhere, and so you had to be in the building to do it. And so you know, him and I would basically whoever was there would have to Skype a message back to the other person to plug into the play-by-play on the post because we weren't allowed to have the the uh, the sheet open or we were going to get kicked off a of press row, man. So wow. uh, just old-school days, man. And uh, like I said, I owe, I owe a hell of a lot to, to Dan Stutt, man. You know, I've... I've uh, you know, I've, I've I've paid for the house that I that I live in now through 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 MMA Junkie, and you know, I, I have a kid that uh, you know that I support, and a wife that I support through MMA Junkie, and uh, man, it just uh, it's it's man, it's it's a little bit more than 24 hours since we were made aware of of uh, of the decision of everyone involved, and um, yeah, man, still processing, dude. It's tough. Yeah, that's crazy. I can only imagine you've had a long history with them. Um, I've only worked with Dan, you know, in the, the short few years or whatever that I, I've been involved, but he's always been a great, uh, great guy to deal with. And it's funny, I was not as bad as Bond, but I think it was like a year or two before I met him, you know, Bond had the record of what, what you <laughs> yeah, said, like three years. We all worked together on the internet and Dan doesn't really like to travel much, man. Yeah. He, he's, we sold MMA Junkie back in 2011 to USA Today. And, uh, and and Dan bought a nice house out in rural Tennessee, man. It's gorgeous. I had a chance to go out there once. It's beautiful. But, uh, yeah, he doesn't travel anymore, man. Yeah. And, and I always joked. It's like, you know, if he didn't have to see another human being, dude, like that'd <laughs> be wouldn't. just fine with him. <laughs> yeah, it's funny to think that, you know, I didn't meet him for the longest time after, I, after I'd after i started, but not as long as Bond. But, uh, 
No, it's it's crazy, you know, and you hate to think of these end of the era changes, you know, when you hear these big big names. But yeah, that wasn't the that wasn't the way we wanted yesterday to start, you know, by any means. Kinda of put a damper on the uh on the whole day. You know, it was already sort of a a long and draining day, you know, those it was a 7 a.m. flight in the town, you know, so it was a 4 a.m. wake up, 4 a.m. wake up, you know, and then it was pretty much straight through and then to get that. So at that point, you know, pretty much all excess energy was already sapped out. So, yeah, yesterday was a pretty uh, gloomy day. You talk, you know, you talk about the end of an era, man. You know what, what dawned on me a little bit earlier was it really is a dawn, uh, the end of an era in kind of mixed martial arts journalism as a whole because – all the majors that you would consider the, you know, I, I guess if you were to At least consider, you think guys that started these you, things. Th- that's right. Yeah. So the majors, you know, you consider uh, MMA junkie a major, right? Well, Dan was the one that started. I mean, I was the first guy he yeah. hired, but Dan was the one that started. He's no longer around. Sherdog. Sherdog. You know, obviously yeah. Jeff Sherwood, you know, uh, they sold. And then, you know, eventually, you know, he, he wasn't with the company anymore. Um MMA Weekly still around, yeah. Um, but not with the original owners. Um, of course, that, that was through tragedy. Um, and then MMA fighting has been bought and sold like multiple times yeah. over, and, and, and the people that are there haven't. So, yeah, man, it's it, it really is. It's kind of like yeah. the, the, the – I feel like it's the end of an era, as you said, man, in, in more ways than one, not just for us at MMA Junkie, but kind of like everything, you know. It's, yeah. it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a – it's a tough day, man. It's a tough day. Uh, Dan, um, I, for, for the record, I mean, I haven't had a chance to speak to him yet about the decision. And, and um, you know, he said, hey, listen, he's going to kind of keep to himself for a while about everything. And then I imagine at some point he'll come out and address everybody because he certainly has some some long-standing ties to the community. But, uh, yeah. yeah, man, it was a tough tough way to get yesterday going. It was a uh, – it sucks, too, because I was having a good week, man. I, uh, you know, Calgary was a phenomenal show, man. And uh, I really wanted to do a uh, and-a-half episode. I had the young Mike Bond there with me. We had Danny Austin as well. But truth was, um, my dad and my stepmom were coming to Las Vegas the next day uh, on business. And I, rather than kind of stay up and get everything recorded and all that done and be a zombie – I had to kind of be a little bit selfish and, and be a family man. You know, I only get to see my dad probably mm-hmm. once or twice a year. You know, and the fact that he was coming to Las Vegas, I was like, you know what? I got to make the right decision. Um, so I got, got drunk and just passed out. That's early. it, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so I totally made the right decision. Uh, yeah, I had I had to get some sleep. I wanted I wanted to rest up a little bit and get some sleep, and uh, so that when I saw them, I could actually go have lunch and you know go go have a nice time and have my kid. You know, it's always cool, man. My my kid and my dad, I mean, I know you don't have, have children, but, you know, when you get to have that dynamic, man, it's pretty cool. You know, those, those three generations together, it's it's fun, man. So so I had to skip out on the, uh, the and a half, uh, which was tough because it was a fun card, man. Dustin Poirier, Eddie Alvarez, and all the controversy that surrounded it, man. I mean. Yeah, it was, uh, that was fun. It fun was fight. Great fight, man. Jose Aldo versus Jeremy Stevens. Yeah. I mean, Aldo surviving the trouble and. And, uh, man, I thought he was out. You know, he was up against the cage right in front of Press Row, and he caught a couple uh, uppercuts. And I was like, well, you know, this fight is over. And, hell no, man, he battled through it. And, and he, the big body shot to Jeremy Stevens. I mean, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, Alexander, that was like the body shot night. Oh, <laughs> oh it was, yeah, because you had the kicks earlier that yeah. did it in. Uh, Alexander Hernandez, that guy is so yeah. intense, man, to, to come back to the back and just be like, I sucked. That wasn't good enough. You're like, bro, you just beat a, a pretty established guy, you know, in his backyard. And. Ian Kutalaba, I mean, Akeem Duwadu, I mean, there was just, 
<sighs> there were so many good stories. Dustin Ortiz with the big head kick. I mean, there were there were a lot of great stories. Man, I'll tell you one thing. Yeah, uh, that was another. That was a comeback one because he was kind of getting it handed to him too. So that was pretty good. I'll tell you a funny one, man. I was sitting at customs on. on I was leaving Calgary. You know, in Canada, the major cities in Canada. I mean, I don't know if it's every airport, but I know the major cities. Obviously, you go through customs before you get to the United States. So you you basically go through U.S. customs there. And um, man, so I'm I'm sitting there and they, and I'm waiting as they check my passport. And uh, I guess the guy's computer wasn't pulling up very well. He said it was. He's like, oh, I'm really sorry, it's going slow, but um, whatever. And I was like, yeah. And, and Mateus Nicolau like walked over at the the booth that was basically like where I was standing in front of, him, and I could see him, you know. And my guy was just kind of sitting there, and I was hanging out. So Mateus walks up, and they're like, oh, what's the purpose? He's like, oh, I fought on the card last night. He's like, oh, you fought? How'd you do? He's like, I got knocked out, you know. And and the guy's <laughs> like. You got knocked out? How did it happen? And I'm like, oh, my God. Can you imagine, like, <laughs> is there anything worse yeah. than being knocked out on national television than to have to, like, s- sit there and explain, explain the process of how you got knocked out to the border control guy? Yeah. Like, like honestly, I don't really remember. <laughs> yeah. And he's sitting there, like, kind of, you know, yeah, well, I, you know, and I could see him. Like, well, I had, I tried to block the kick, and it hit me, and I was like, Bro. Show some sensitivity, man. The dude just said he got knocked out. Like you really got to make him explain how yeah. it happened. Uh, but yeah, man, it was it was it was a great card. And then, and then I come home, and what have I received while I've been gone? Oh, your little care package. A care package from the fine folks at Coors Light. Yeah, PBR, do you step your game up? I'm about to say, I mean, here we are enjoying an award-winning. PBR, I apologize. To Most the awarded American like. logger in history is right here. But they they <laughs> sent me uh they sent me a case of beer, they sent me uh some some little swag as well. Like a hat or something. A little hat, little t-shirt, some koozies, that sort wow. of thing. A, a little note in there that said uh thank you. We know you're a, a you know a, a big supporter of the Coors Light brand. <laughs> Doing your part to keeping our lights on. That's it. And it actually now I don't know if they really meant this as much as they said it, but it did say feel free to hit us up if you need a refill. <laughs> and I, I kind of wanted to be like, can you just send like one a day, like, <laughs> like a case a day? Yeah, just send like a oh, just send like a case. Uh, wow, well, okay, a twelve. That's, that's pretty I, bad. A twelve a day is is probably the most I like the average. That's is a it, lot. Is that bad? Twelve a day? I, I think it sounds pretty pretty hefty. Yeah. Even like a six pack, I would think it'd like somebody would be like, dude, you drink a six pack a day? That's like an appetizer. I suppose. I'd say. Okay, we, let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so I, you know, I got that from Coors Light. I was feeling pretty good about myself. That's cool. Uh, then we had the fantastic uh, Contender Series event, which was a lot of fun, man. Four yeah. guys got contracts. There's just one left. That's two shows that they've given out four contracts. Yeah, man. That's and, crazy. And I don't even think you saw this because if you know we're watching it live, we don't get the commentary. I actually went back and watched the commentary, and it was pretty cool. As Dana was talking to Laura Sanko. He was only going to award three contracts. And he, he says, you know what? As I'm sitting here watching the highlights, you know what? We're going to take him, too. I changed my mind. Who's the, who's the last I, one I, I can't remember who the fourth one was. Let me see if I can remember real quick. Because he said it in a little clip. I, I watched it in a replay somehow. I think I remember. I think the fourth one was Jordan Griffin. If I remember, yes. The fourth one, I believe, was Jordan Griffin. That's the one he wasn't originally going to take but decided to take. Because Juan Adams, of course, that dude – that dude has all kinds of personality and is huge. You know, we were sitting back there in the yeah, back. I he think said, yet, 
I think it's in his favor that heavyweight needs heavyweight, heavyweight needs need, some people. And he's a big dude, man. His yeah. frame is huge. He said yeah. as he was sitting back there that he weighs two hundred. He weighed two hundred eighty-three pounds. Um, he's a big guy. He's got a hell of a lot of personality. Called out Junior Albini. Um, said he thought the fight would be fun. Uh, talked about going to, to Taco Bell Cantina, and I mean, it just he was a fun dude. Yeah. Uh, Ian Heinish. Uh, I think that guy was uh, an incredible story. You know, the locked up in a Spanish prison for drug dealing, and uh, I mean, the, the guy just got an incredible story. Then that knockout of with by elbows was crazy. Roosevelt Roberts, um, which is a guy I had been told uh, by somebody going in, like, look out for this kid. He's something special. And then yeah, Jordan Griffin who had a great performance as well. Dana just kind of made that decision on the fly, but um, a, a great—I mean, a great card start to finish. But I gotta say, because I don't know that we were rolling or if anybody was rolling at the time, but kind of a—I a, a, don't want to say an embarrassing moment because it's not our fault. Um, but you know, you again have become an official uh, ambassador for Dana White's <laughs> Contender Series because you know, if anybody has seen that show by now, you know that you know we're at the Tough Gym and. Uh, they bring all the fighters back into that little kitchen area, and that's where we're set up as well. So in the kitchen area, and uh, they all just sit there and wait for word. Well, you know, one after another. You know, now you got four guys that have a contract. There's yeah. one guy left, and it's Dontel Mays, uh, who, who had the TKO win as well. And he's sitting there, and he's hanging out. And I guess it was like an intern or something came yeah. in, and I'm not – it wasn't an intern? No, she is. Okay, She's yeah, total yeah. intern. Okay. She's like production intern. She's the one that a lot of times when they need somebody to just do a mic check when uh, Senko's not there. Right. So you'll see her testing the mics, you know, and standing around or doing whatever. Just, yeah. And I don't – so yeah. I'm not trying to – I'm not trying to, like, embarrass or single her out. I mean, this isn't, I guess, her normal job. Yeah, by no means. But normally, you know, we'll see, like, Heidi Dean. You know, Heidi Dean is – uh, if you watch the early morning weigh-ins and you ever hear somebody say, five seconds, baby, that's Heidi Dean, okay? You know who Heidi Dean is. Heidi Dean will usually come back and say something like, um, I apologize, but it's not going to be in the cards this time. Uh, you're not getting a USC contract, but you know, hopefully we'll see you again in the future. Yeah. Something along those lines, right? You know, Fighter obviously disappointed, but they get the clear message. They understand what's going on, and, and they move on. This young lady comes back. It's just poor Dontel Mays back there by himself and just goes, <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. And then turns around. And then leaves. And he's like, well, thanks for for what? <laughs> like, thanks, uh, I need to go join the other four because yeah. I have my contract? Or <laughs> thanks for just being a good guy? Being a nice guy. I, I don't know what's going on. Uh, so, yeah, kind of an uncomfortable situation. And uh, Cole Coffee, you know, being the, the uh, official brand ambassador of Dana White's <laughs> Contender Series, uh, did say, hey um, – I, I think that may be all the contracts, but hold on, let's check let's check on social media because the weird thing about it is even though we're there yeah. and we're in the back room, we can't we actually don't hear Yeah, it. we don't have a feed back there. So if you're watching at home, you're finding out, you know, more than we are as we sit back there. We're yeah. just finding as the fighters get called. So I I had my computer out and I took to Twitter and you know, obviously a lot of people are live tweeting and and they say, you know, no, you didn't get a contract. At which point I relayed to you that, yeah. no, it looks like it's just the four. And then Cold Coffee is basically like, uh, no, Dante, not this time. But uh, <laughs> fantastic fight, by the way. Man, that was so bloody. And you guys were going at it. And, uh, man, you really yeah, you really put it out there. It's uh, It didn't make him feel any better. <laughs> <laughs> the look on his face, I felt so bad for him because he was like, really? Like, they put so much. They literally – 
bled for everybody. That oh. was like the bloodiest match I've seen in a long time. And uh, for it to just sort of so unceremoniously end at the night, I felt like people just forgot him because he walked through again like he was looking for his peeps or something right. to get on the, the shuttle. He still had his shirt off, and he still had like a the a towel or something over. I'm like, is this poor dude just walking aimlessly and nobody's like helping him out? I felt so bad. I wanted to just be like – Grab him like, here, let's go find your family. <laughs> Come on, little kid. <laughs> well, that, well, that's the thing is that when they don't make it, and, and this has happened one time before where we yeah. had to be the bearer of bad news, but the thing is they're like, well, where do I go? And, and the, we don't really know. Yeah, we just know, know you leave the you kitchen. You leave the room. <laughs> <laughs> you leave the room that we wait for the interviews. Because that's I, when we interview them because yeah. they come back in we get the interview. I don't know I don't where know the where locker rooms are yeah. or where your family is. Like, I, I – I, it's like I, I I don't know. You ain't got to go home. You just got to get the hell out of here. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't. Just you know, can't stay here. You know, I think they probably do go back to the. I, I, I bet they are in the original locker rooms. Right. For, and then once they're done, they seem to kind of just loiter around the room. But I, he probably went back to the locker room, noticed his stuff wasn't there, and then didn't notice his family wasn't around. He was probably like, all right. There's my people are somewhere. <laughs> let me like, let me track down my let people. me track down my peeps. You know, but yeah, that was a. Uh, it's awkward, you know. But yeah, we got one more week, man. I hope we have the some other good fights. But uh, I'll tell you a little nugget I learned this week about the Ultimate Fighter and and Dana White's Contender Series is that the plan is by next year to have a new gym ready to go. Yeah, you're telling them that that piece of land over by the headquarters. Yeah, it sounds like they've they've picked up an, another piece of land next to the to the headquarters. It's always good to pick up a piece, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> sounds like they're going to try to to have a new Ultimate Fire Gym. So, um this this will be the last contender series that's uh shot in in the uh the Ultimate Fighter Gym. They'll have a new one ready to go by next year when it picks up again on ESPN Plus. And uh the Ultimate Fighter that's being filmed right now Will be now. Of course, there's speculation that maybe it's going to be the last Ultimate Fighter ever. But at the very least, um, it will be the last Ultimate Fighter that takes place in that gym. And uh, yeah, man, it's uh, we've talked about it before, but the property is just going to go away. It is weird because there's a lot. Of, I mean, if you're an MMA fan, there's a lot of history in that building, man. Yeah. A lot of fights have taken place. A lot of things have gone on. You know, a, a lot of clashes. A lot of doors being torn a lot down. Of, yeah. A lot, you know, a lot of pushes and shoves and and storylines have been built there, but the truth is it's really just a very nondescript industrial warehouse yeah. complex behind the palms um, that doesn't have ample parking, that doesn't uh, appear even the least bit attractive to, to for any reason. So it's, you know... No uh, real air conditioning. At least oh not a good air God. conditioning. <laughs> no functioning air conditioning. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, it's just going to go away. I mean, I imagine, you know, if you've ever been in there and looked around, it's cool, man. They've got some, um, you know, they've got some cool artwork in there. And, of course, with the, the really cool stuff is that they have, you know, the signed team jerseys of every season, which is cool, yeah. man, to go back through. And I'm sure they'll transport those over to the new gym and set yeah. it up there, you know. But uh, it is weird to think that, you know, the thing that's been serving for – for a long time, you know, I guess a, a, another era, yeah, closing up, coming to a close. Yeah, it's 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 crazy because it's always fun when you see people come in, even on this contender series, just seeing people come in and realize where they are in terms of what that show, you know, because the show makes it look a lot bigger than what it really is. When oh, you walk into tiny. the space, you know, it's not a big space, but it's it's always kind of neat to see the faces of these families come in and look around and say, oh, you know, and they'll take pictures and they start pointing. 
and we were all kind of like that, you know, like I think everybody's first time when you walk in there and you just like, oh my goodness, this is where so-and-so was arguing over here, you know, and you think of all the fresh-faced Kenny Florians and all the guys from the, you know, the first tough season and all the history that came through there. And uh, it's hard to not get nostalgic in it there, is. you know. So it's a, it'd be a bit sad, you know, to kind of see it, you know, shut down because the place has a lot of character uh, to it. But it'd be interesting if they are going to build a new place. I mean, it, it, you know, begs to think that they will keep taping it. You know, I mean, but yeah, I mean, well, we know the Contender Series is definitely going to continue. You know, I mean, that's part of the ESPN Plus package. Yeah. So I guess there's at least five years of that. I don't know about the Ultimate Fighter. We'll, yeah. we'll see. So that's, you know, that was the kind of, uh, you know, the good, the highs. And then, of course, we had the, the low of yesterday when we, when we found out about our, our situation. And I, I guess I should say, I didn't, I didn't say it out there, but um, congratulations to uh, Simon Samano. He has been promoted to managing editor. Uh, he will kind of be, you know, running the ship, so to speak, at MMA Junkie. So, uh, you know, kudos to him for that move. And, uh, you know, so we, we had to continue on, man. We had to soldier on USC 227 coverage. We had open workouts yesterday. Open workouts were a little odd um, because it, it turned into open mic night versus open workouts. Um, right. You know, both Cody Garbrandt and uh, Henry Cejudo elected not to work out. Um, and they, uh, you know, they, instead they basically just did a Q&A with the fans. Um, both are actually uh, Ali Abdelaziz clients. Um, I, I reached out to him afterwards and said, hey, listen, man, is there is there a reason? You know, the first one was – um, you know, Garbrandt, and, and he didn't work out. And that's why I questioned him on that in the scrum. And I said, hey, man, you know, not working out. Like, what's going on, man? Are, you know, is this a strategy? Are you trying to hide something? Or, you know, or hopefully physically you're okay, right? I mean, there's nothing behind. And he actually said, no, no, no. You know, I just, I, you know, I'm going to put on a show on Saturday. But for now, like, I'm good. And then and then it was interesting. This Ahudo came out and, and didn't. Uh, put on a workout either and also did uh, a Q&A. So I, I texted Ali and I was like, hey, man, what's going on? Like, is there a reason reason your guys didn't work out? And he actually hit me back and he said, listen, to be honest, you know, I talked to both guys and, and, and in my opinion, in our opinion, the fans get more out of it when uh, the athlete communicates directly with them and does these Q&As. And, um, you know, the open workouts aren't really authentic workouts anyway. It's it's kind of a, a fake workout and they've got real workouts to do later on. So, I, you know, I guess I understand that to a degree. I mean, there's always been some athletes that don't work. I mean, Dan Henderson was a guy that never worked out. You know, he always was like, hey, guys, I'm, you know, I'm not doing anything. I'll take a couple of questions. Um, you know, so they're not the only athletes in history to do it. Yeah. But it stood out because we only had four fighters, and two of them, two of them didn't work out. So Yeah, and um, the fact that the, the two champs did. <laughs> yeah, right? That was interesting. Yeah, Demetrius Johnson and TJ Dillashaw both, both uh, did do a full workout. So, you know, that was kind of a weird night. And then we got up this morning. And, uh, and 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 did uh, did the media day, and then we had another setback in our week, man. I uh, so this week a series of tweets from from five six years ago came out. Um, uh, uh, Cody Garbrandt, old tweets. Now this is something that has been kind of a, a phenomenon in sports lately, right? I mean, this is uh, athletes are having old tweets resurfaced, you know. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and and the same thing happened to Cody Garbrandt. And basically it's a bunch of um, tweets that feature him using the N-word. Now, uh, this is the N-word with the A ending, not the E-R ending, right? I guess so it's more of the casual uh, gangster rap lyrical. Yeah, hip-hop. Hip-hop. Lyric version. Lyrical N-word, not 
I am referring to you as I would refer to a black man in the 1860s or whatever, right? right. Um, but they did resurface. It was brought up at the open workouts, and Cody just blew it off and said, listen, man, that's, a, that's, that's me as a teenager. I don't even want to talk about it, right? Well, not much of an answer. Um, so I thought today – I didn't follow up on it yesterday in the open workouts because I thought, man – Group setting, you know, there's a bunch of fans behind us. There's a ton of cameras. You know, it might not feel right. So I said, you know what? I'm going to ask him today when we get one-on-one and, uh, and and just ask him, you know, hey, man, you know, this potentially embarrassing tweets came out. You know, c- care to explain kind of what your logic was or what happened or, or that sort of thing. And to be honest with you, man, all I really wanted to do was give him a platform to address it. You know what I mean? Like, Hey, I, I I certainly don't think Cody Garbrandt is a racist. I don't. I've never I've never heard anybody say that. You know, um, I just thought it would be an opportunity for him to address the situation. You know, maybe give the comment one time and and and, and say, you know, I'm never talking about it again. And then if, if other people ask him, he can say, uh, Hey, listen, I already spoke to him and made junkie about it. I don't feel like continuing to talk about it. Go um, watch their interview. Yeah, go watch their interview. Next question. Make sure you watch the pre-roll. Uh, you know, I mean, I, 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 I didn't. That's really was all my goal. Um, unfortunately, um, you know, Cody got a little frustrated and, and, and said, "Hey, listen, you know, I'm I'm done talking about it. And I'm done with this interview." And, and we basically just asked one question, and that was that. Um, I, I did talk to him briefly afterwards, uh, after the session, and he said, "Listen, you know, I just I, I was I was kind of surprised that, that by it, and I'm a little upset and." I understand maybe you didn't have any ill will, but um, it kind of upset me. And, and um, you know, his manager, Ali Abdelaziz, you know, kind of voiced his frustration with this as well. And um, I don't know, man. It made for, a, for to be honest for you, uh, to be honest with you, a shitty day, man. It just kind of what was already kind of a rough day became kind of even a rougher day. And um, I don't know, man. It's I, I had a couple – I had a couple tweets of people that were like, oh, man, you you know, you piece of shit. You know, what are you doing going after him like that? I'm like, going after him? I actually got an email uh, to MMA Junkie that said, if John Morgan started that shit with Cody Garbrandt and the racial slur tweet, then John is a desperate idiot that I've never seen come from MMA Junkie. It's a disgrace that you do that crap just to get a story. You're pathetic. If it's not you, then whoever it is, uh, it was, is pathetic. I'm not a huge Cody fan, but I'm so sick of media doing shit like this, and something tells me with a little digging, something from your past you wish had never happened could be surfaced. Well, I will say it doesn't take much digging to find stuff from my past I wish had <laughs> never surfaced. Um, but I uh, I don't know, man. I it just uh, – it's tough, man. It's I, You know, the job is as fantastic as this job is and as amazing as it is. I guess not every day is going to be a lot of fun. And uh, I don't know, I was bummed because I really didn't mean for it to be any kind of an attack on Cody Garbrandt. I really didn't mean for it to be any, um, I don't know, I guess that's just the way to say it. Like, I didn't mean for it to be an attack. I thought that I was just trying to give him an opportunity to address it. And I felt the responsibility as a journalist to ask him about it. You know, he didn't. Yeah, I mean, it came up. I mean, if you don't ask it, people are always going to say, why didn't somebody ask it? Right. You know, there's always going to be something that somebody doesn't ask it. So, I mean, it's a legit thing. It comes up. In this day and age, when something comes up, you know, you have a responsibility to, you know, at least try to ask about it. You know, if not, you're always going to get blamed for playing favorites, not asking, you know. But I think, you know, the way you phrased it, you gave it the respect of not making it uh, sensationalizing it. Like, I think a lot of people are trying to like, oh, you're trying to grab at a story. You know, you, you tried to go the proper route to give him an uh, an 
uh, a chance to just squash whatever stuff was going on. I mean, like, you can't ignore the fact that, I mean, it is going on. People are paying attention, and it's right. making its rounds. I mean, ESPN as well was looking into this shit. I mean, like, it's not like it was, like, only one or two media outlets looking into it. I mean, like, it was making its rounds, you know. So the question was going to come up, and I think, you know, you phrasing it the way you did and giving them a chance to answer it, you know, uh, was the right thing to do because it would have happened eventually. Well, know? that's what I thought, and it's like get it over with before the fight. I mean, do you want to have to hear the same question like after you win the title on Saturday right. night, or do you want to – I mean, no, you don't want to have to hear that, and, and I thought that's all I was doing was giving him a chance. And for the record, I thought his answer was pretty good. I mean, yeah. look, it, I don't think there's any way to justify it, right? We know that it's not right. But he's saying, look, man, I was younger, I was a kid, um, you know, where I grew up, we, you know, we, we, we said that more than we did. I mean, listen, I, hey, you and I are of an age. I remember when we were kids, you would say uh, the, the, the the homosexual slur of an F word, like, you know what I mean? A, oh, yeah. You would just say that, right? Like, to your boy, you know? Like, yeah. don't be a, you know, you would say that. Yeah. And now we know, hey, bro, hey, 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 that's not right. So, yeah, I mean, if there was social media or if there was recordings back then, yeah, you'd probably have me on record saying uh, that. And, I, and yeah. I, hey, does it justify it? No, nope, can't justify it. I'm sorry. I definitely screwed up. Uh, I, I have learned from that. I won't be doing it again, uh, and and I apologize. You know, and 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 that's it. And I thought that's what Cody said when we talked about it. I was like, listen, man, I'm going to talk about this once, and this is the only time I'm going to talk about it. Yep. I didn't mean it in a racist manner. I, it is, you know, I have learned that that's not the right thing to say and do. I don't say it anymore, and let's move on. And I and I thought, you know, I thought that was kind of all we were really going to get, and. Uh, I don't know. It's a bomb. It's not. It's not like we're in this industry to make friends. You know what I mean? That's not what we're here to do. We're here to do a job. Um, but it just does suck when, you know, you you get involved in something like that. And and again, the back to back days that we've had in this job, yeah, man. Right? It's it's. Uh, I'm exhausted, man. I'm ready to. Uh, I'm ready to get UFC 227 done. <laughs> I'm ready to get UFC 227 done. Yeah. All right. Let's do this. Uh, I do want to talk a lot about UFC 227. Um, but what I thought we would do, since we talked about some bad spots, right? Let's talk about some bright spots. How about Kevin Holland? Mm -hmm. What a personality this guy is. Stepping in on short notice to face Tiago Maheta Santos. Maheta. Maheta. This is walking song. I was going to start singing, but that's silly. <laughs> uh, but, no, I mean, uh, a, a challenge to say the least, man. And this guy is taking it on. We did have a, a couple of moments to speak to him today. And, I, man, I just thought his enthusiasm, his personality, uh, man, star quality, excitement all over it. Now, one hell of a tough assignment, man. That is one challenge coming in. But, uh, yeah, I figured, hey, we've been talking about our, our down spots. Let's talk about a bright spot. Let's hear from Kevin Holland. All right, Kevin. Well, welcome to the USC, right? I mean, this this thing all kind of came together really quickly, right? So, give me an idea what the uh, what the emotion is like and, and how it all came together. Uh, the emotions were really, really high, and then when it came together, I was in the middle of jujitsu practice, so I was trying not to concentrate on it. I was trying to concentrate on not getting tapped out after they told me. But uh, the emotions were high. First time I seen my uh, some some immediate family. A couple shared shed a, uh, shed a couple tears, but for the most part, no, nah, man. I mean. That was that was the day of when they told me. Now it's it's time to go to work. Time to make some money, you know. Did you have an idea it was possible? I mean, were you were you, in, you know, expecting this or anticipating it at all? Man, I was expecting 228 since they were coming to DFW, and uh, I'm I'm stationed out of Fort Worth, Texas, right now. Even though I'm from California, so I was hoping to go get like two or three more wins in, and then fight for 228, last second replacement. But 
Last second replacement for 227. One fight sooner, so maybe I can still do 228. Everything will be great. You know what I mean? I'm liking it. I appreciate the enthusiasm, but hey, a very formidable guy, right? I mean, this is no cupcake entry into the UFC. So let me ask you, I mean, when they say, hey, yes, every fighter wants to be in the UFC, but they say, hey, your debut is going to be against Tiago Mejeta Santos. I mean, does that give you any pause whatsoever? No, nah, I didn't even know who the guy was. To be honest with you, I was just like, yeah, whatever. I mean, I'm, you know, we're all men here, so can't be scared of another man, right? And we're all confident because we're all fighters. So I'm a very extremely confident man in myself. So when they said Thiago Santos, I was like, who is that? My manager was like, it's the next guy you're gonna knock out. And I was like, all right, let's run with it. So I got to the car, I looked him up, and I seen he knocked out. Um, he finished Anthony Smith with the body shot, and I was like, oh, okay. I was like, might be in trouble. And then I watched him get knocked out by David Branch, and I've always thought I can beat the snot out of David Branch. So when I seen that, I was like, oh, straight bum, I got this. So I was like, I'm ready, let's go. So went home, got the tears out the way, went back to the gym the next day, had the worst sparring session of my life. And then by that night, it was all back to normal. So worked the nerves out real quick, you know? So I'm excited with it, man, I like it. It wouldn't matter if it was against number one, number five, or number 25. 13 just happens to work out perfectly fine. So, so basically in your scouting report, he's either a world beater or he's a bum, one of the two. Yeah, I think, you know what, last second, he's proven to be a bum. So if it's a last second fight, he's usually a bum. Last second fight, I usually get a knockout. So I like it, you know. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, Taco's been around for a while, and you said you didn't really know who he is. Are you a guy that doesn't watch much fights other than kind of your own career? You know what, I watch other fights, but, I mean, unless I feel like, unless you're like top five, I don't really think you're a threat because you ain't made it there to be in title contention yet. So, I mean, why watch a guy if he's not in title contention? If you're not top five, I really don't have to adapt to you in no way, form or shape, I don't feel. I feel like as long as I go out there and fight my fight, I'm good to go. As long as I put in the work, I do a good training camp, and I go out there and I fight, I usually win, you know? Usually when I sit at home and like, ah, oh, this guy's easy, that's usually when I lose. So, I put the work in, you know, it's only two weeks, but I put the work in, so I'm, I'm excited, I'm ready. A normal person might say, hey, man, this is a no-lose situation. You're coming in on short notice against an established guy. Bro, if you, if you come up short, who cares? You know, they'll bring you back. You'll get another opportunity. But in speaking with you for a few minutes, I'm guessing you, you don't look at things that way? No, not at all, bro. That's not the game plan. No, nah, man, look, my last fight for uh, Dana White's Tuesday Night Contender Series, I got, like, a little quick $10,000 check. I blew $2,500 on this pinky ring. I spend money quick, bro. So, you know, when it comes down to it, you got to pay your coaches, you got to pay some taxes, you got you got baby mama drama, you got a lot of things going on. So I'm just looking forward to going out there, man, getting a W and then backdooring and doing it again. And if I beat this guy, that means I got to go beat 12, 11, 10, and then we start talking about bigger and better fights. So I'm excited, man. Sky's the limit, but I'm trying to get the new Galaxy, so I'm ready. Back to me, Rocho, that was Kevin Holland. Got a severely upbeat attitude, man. I, I like him. Uh, dude, I mean, listen, Maheta has had some off nights, but, dude, he is a scary individual. He's very scary. When he is there firing on all cylinders, I would not want to be anywhere within reach of those leg kicks. Hell no. He's, He's a, a beast. Big, strong dude. All right, should say, listen. If uh, if you like what you're listening to, do us a favor, man. Make sure you're uh, make sure you subscribe to iTunes. All right, make sure you got the subscription going, and then do us a favor. Stop in there, rate us if you can. Give us give us five stars if you can. If you want to leave us a little feedback, a little review, hey, I'd appreciate that, man. I could I could definitely use some positive feedback right now, man. If you want <laughs> if you want if you want to you know just hit me on Twitter, send me a DM. Slide up in my DMs. Slide up in your DMs. I got, I got, I got them open, bro. You can slide up in my DMs. You know, it is what it is. Uh, is that a thing? Like, you can 
people can like when you say yes, it's, open. A, it's a setting on Twitter. You can either make it so, pe- so people you have to follow people for them to message you, or you right. can leave it open. I leave it open. Oh, I thought I thought that was like by huh. default you had to like. I leave it open. Huh. so you can slide up in my DMs now. There you go. If you don't like what you're hearing, slide back out of them yes. DMs. <laughs> go to go somewhere else. I, I, I tell like Dana White, don't watch it. No, why? Don't listen to it. I don't need to hear your shit this week. I'm having a bad week, man. It's been a bad couple of days for me. Leave me alone, damn it. Uh, all right, let's get back to USC 227. Um, it is a very top-heavy card. There's no question about it. I am incredibly excited by the two fights in the main and co-main event, the two championship fights. Uh, I don't expect this to do very well on pay-per-view. I mean, we've seen that as a track yeah. record. The lighter weight classes don't sell that well. Um, but, hey, that's not my job to care, to, to, to care about how the marketing works and how much they sell. Uh, TJ Dillashaw versus Cody Garbrandt is an incredible fight. I, I am going back and forth on this one, man. I have, I have been 50-50 on this fight since the beginning. Um, TJ Dillashaw looks phenomenal this week, man. I mean, the, the, we did get to see him work out, you know, and, and of course, man, the, the movement was there. The angles are there. You know, everything yeah. that, you, that you expect to be there, man. He looks 110%. And, man, he just seems so at ease, relaxed, happy, uh, content. You know what I mean? It's, it's, uh, it's phenomenal stuff. Uh, meanwhile, Cody Garbrandt, um, it's different. We didn't get to see him. And I, and I hated that because, man – when he's on point and firing, dude, his his hand speed is ridiculous, and it would be nice to kind of get that comparison and and to kind of to watch it up close and and to kind of you know put the two side by side, I guess. But Cody does seem to be in a very good place as well, uh, you know, other than with us. But you know, he he does seem to be saying, "Listen, I'm not here to worry about all these mind games. I'm not here to worry about all this trash talking. I'm not worried about the rivalry. I'm worried about getting my belt back." And, you know, he puts a lot into the fact that his back was was bad. It was not 100%. You know, we shared some details. He said, listen, I'm not trying to make an excuse. Um, but, I th- look, I was, I, I was not even close to 100% in that last fight. And, you know, probably shouldn't have even been fighting. And yet, here we go. Um, you know, I, I did it anyway. And had some success. I mean, if that first round goes longer in that first meeting, if he has 15 more seconds – there's a, there's a possibility he finishes off TJ Dillashaw. I mean, Dillashaw was wobbled head, heading back to the stool. Um, of course, then we we know what Dillashaw came out and did in the second round and and finished him. And uh, then that iconic moment of of this being uh, you know nose to nose for that picture, uh, pretty pretty phenomenal. So I don't know, man. I I I my official pick, I lean towards Cody Garbrandt. Man, he's got that power. He's got uh, the, just, again, that tremendous hand speed. He did have him rocked, and he's insisting he's going to be a different person this time around at 100%. But, goddamn, TJ Dillashaw has so many tools, you know, at, at, at his uh, disposal. Uh, I think he does have more ways to win. I think that's one thing that, that's been getting to me. You know, he's got the kicks. It's not just about the boxing. He's got the kicks. Mm-hmm. He put on some slick little grappling as well, and he's been bragging about, you know, how his jiu-jitsu has progressed. Um I don't know, man. I'm, 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 I'm expecting a tremendous fight. And the thing is, you know, the rivalry between these two does make it all the sweeter. But I don't even think you need that. It's just a great fight. Yeah, it really is. And both of them now are fathers, you know, so they have a family to fight for. So they have a little bit more to fight for this fight. There's definitely a lot of pride on the line. Um, 
you know, Cody wants to get that back. You know, I mean, it, there was a lot of when it went into that last fight, there was a lot of shit talking taking place for what had happened or didn't happen in the gym, you know, and they wanted to settle it. You know, and both of them rocked each other in that first fight, you know, and then when it actually went down and Cody was able uh, sorry, when TJ was able to to knock him down and, and finish him, you know, there was so much release and that yell that he let out you know afterwards that i think in turn cody has taken that to sort of internalize what he wants to pay back you know you know and uh i don't know i you know watching the two open workouts usually always gives me a good sign into where their heads are at this point in fight week and we really see that you know most of these guys are in great physical shape, you know, it's never really too much of a physicality unless there is an injury or something that we don't know about that's going in. Um, and not getting to see Cody, you know, but just watching him move around, you know, he doesn't look like there's any nagging injuries, right. you know, nothing that we can see on the immediate surface. So we have to take that out and say, okay, both these guys look like they're going in healthy and they're, and they're going in ready to go. But the fact that TJ went on and put a good workout, had good movement, there were times he was uh, – Definitely showing that he was getting tired because he wasn't going full on, but he was going pretty decent. But you could tell that he was tired, and it made me think that he'd been getting some pretty hard workouts and that probably we're seeing the weight cut. You know, anytime these guys get a weight cut, they're not going to be in their just normal going to the gym mm -hmm. mode that we tend to see sometimes. Um, but he looked sharp. The feet looked good. And that being said, while he was tired and do it, he was still displaying good movement uh, good hands. Um, he looked like he was having a lot of fun up there. And that goes a long way when you think of where guys mindset, I think going into a big, huge True. rematch and True. especially for a title and seeing Cody not do that. And then having to deal with, uh, all this extra stuff going, he just seems a bit more distracted this time around. And, and, uh, I don't know if it's a matter of distracted or if he's being, led astray you know and his fight mind is off because he's maybe doing a lot of different other promotions that he didn't have to do before you know he's doing very well for himself and i'm very happy for him that he's able to get these sponsorships and be able to do all this other stuff but i, I think it's taken a lot of his time too so i hope he's coming in um ready to go you know as an ohio guy it's tough that i mm. anytime I, I pick against an ohio guy i always feel bad you know and uh if I'm wrong, then I, I feel that, hey, I'll take one on the chin and be that dickhead that went against <laughs> Ohio guy, and the Ohio guy won, you know. So I'll be happy for him in that aspect because, I mean, I I honestly like both of these guys. I think they're yep. both really, really nice guys. And we what tends to happen all too often in this sport, you know, is you really want both guys to win because, especially in this case, you understand they both have families. They both have young kids, and they have families needing them you know nope. when you're the way that the ufc and their their messed up pay structure you're taking half of their half of their po potential wages in this one evening if you don't win um you know so you know both guys are going to come out there and trying to do it you know but uh i just want i, I just want uh, i want in a sense like what happened the first one they were they went at it they didn't dance around too much they didn't they weren't at the point of where they were, uh, you know, so respectful of the power that I'm not going to go near you and we're right. just going to move around. Like, they went for it, and I want some more of that, you know. Um, unfortunately, that'll make for a shorter main event, but uh, 
they both show that they have they have chins they could take hits you know um i think by tj showing us being able to work out and do that sort of thing i'm leaning on the side that he in my mind just because i've seen it is in better physical condition at this particular point because I haven't seen Cody work out, you know. And that's just the unfortunate part of not being able to see him. Doesn't mean he's not in every bit as good shape or right. better than what TJ is. Just don't have that I just don't have that I just don't have a reference. I don't have. I'm just going back on memory. So I'm, uh, you know, hoping that it's going to be there. I'm hoping everything's good. Um, you know, they said he was going to work out later that night, and that's why he didn't work out. So I'm not going to hold that against him. But I can only go off what's. I've seen physically, you know, with my eyes. And uh, so I'm, I'm leaning in the fact that I think TJ, uh, again, like you hear a lot of people say, I mean, I think he's he's got a lot of tools. I think the fact that he's able to work the legs and the kicks uh, a little more, that he, he, he was working a couple slick combinations mm-hmm. in that open workout. You know, I like it when things like that happen because then they kind of clue you in. You're like, whoa, what was that combination? Yep. You know, like that was really neat. You know, like, wow, he could catch somebody with it. You know, then you're like, okay, now I'm getting excited. Um, so I just think he's got a little bit more weapons. You know, I agree with people that Cody overall has more power in his hands. And if he gets a couple good solid shots on TJ, he will put TJ down. I just think if TJ can kind of keep those wheels moving, he can absorb that one shot. And if he has enough legs and enough fitness, he can get his wits back about yep. him. And that's what happened in the first one. So it would be interesting to see. But, you know, my initial lean is leaning towards TJ. And with the fight week of what we've seen so far, that kind of solidifies that that is the right pick in this instance. But, um, you know. The, it's a good fight. It's a good, it's good, a good fight. fight. And it really could go either way. And I, I wouldn't be let down either way. You no, know, it's a good fight. Be let down. So something interesting is both TJ Dillashaw and Cody Garbrandt said, listen, if I'm victorious here, I wouldn't mind going down to 125 pounds. Both of them said they could make 125, and they'd like to go down and challenge Demetrius Johnson. Now, of course, Demetrius Johnson still has Henry Cejudo in front of him. But uh, it's uh, at this point, Demetrius Johnson's career, right or wrong, it's become almost an assumption that whoever's in front of him is going to get beat. And he's still going to be there. I can't see Dillashaw or Garbrandt trying to make the 125 cut to face Henry Cejudo. Uh, should Henry Cejudo pull off the big upset? I don't think that would be enticing to the world, right? And I think even Cejudo himself told us, dude, if I beat Demetrius, like I'll probably have to beat him again. You know, it'll probably have to get a rematch. He's been so dominant of a champion, he'll probably get another go at it. And, and I just don't really see a reason. But I, I did find it interesting that both guys said they'd be willing to go down to 125 and face Demetrius Johnson. Uh, again, DJ does have Henry Cejudo. Um, man, I, I am very high on Henry Cejudo. I really am. I always have been, and I remain high on Henry Cejudo. I believe um, Henry Cejudo and uh, Kyoji Horiguchi are the two lightweights that I've always felt had the best the best possibility of beating Demetrius Johnson. You know, Joseph Benavides right there as well. But, you know, I, I don't know if he'll get that third opportunity. But I thought Cejudo and Horiguchi, if he could come back now that he's more seasoned, have the potential tools to, to beat Demetrius Johnson. Now, does that mean I'm picking them over him? Well, no. I mean, Demetrius Johnson is, is to me, the GOAT. Um, at, at worst, he's, you know, what, second or third best all time? I mean, depending on how you want to make the argument. But truly cannot, you know, he is one guy that can't be left out of any greatest of all time discussion. He has to be there. Um, Cejudo, again, we didn't get to see Cejudo working out. Um but, you know, and of course, we haven't seen him weigh in. We'll see that in the morning, as we always do. We record this on Thursday nights. Henry's in the middle of his weight cut. Um, but, I mean, Cejudo's 
the wrestling, he has a gold medal. I mean, you don't need to talk about that. His striking, not only is it getting better, but it's evolving as well. Um, but picking against Demetrius Johnson is pretty damn tough. Yeah. <laughs> it's so tough. Henry, I think, you know, every time you think about the fact that this is a, an Olympic-level athlete, you have to give him the utmost respect. And the fact that when these guys first met, Henry was coming in primarily as being a wrestler that had shown glimpses of good hands. Right. Now it's a guy that's got more fights under his belt. He's gotten, I mean, almost two more years of MMA training since it's happened. And, I mean, he has that focus. And I love the fact that when he brought up in the uh, open workout uh, scrums and or maybe it was during his QA when he wasn't working out – that he had a chip on his shoulder. Right. And that's the biggest thing, you know, is a, an Olympic-level athlete with that determination and that dedication and then having a chip on his shoulder. Because he does that other stuff just by just his own sheer determination. But then to actually have an extra incentive to keep pushing him forward, um, it's impressive. But, man, I just haven't seen anybody. I still think it's going to be another maybe – couple years before we really start, I think, worrying about DJ or unless because something he starts, starts to, he starts to fade. That's a little. it. That's the thing we need for DJ to lose. It needs to be a, a degraded DJ. We're not looking. We're not looking for the up and comer that is on the yeah. DJ, DJ level. We're looking for DJ when to slide. DJ, when DJ starting to slide, that's <laughs> when it is. When he stops pushing himself, he's had such a great work ethic of always trying to challenge himself and push himself forward. You know, uh, he probably could have been if if this if the right sport was around, he probably could have been an Olympian if there was an MMA yep. in the Olympics or something oh, like that. I, I would see him doing that. I think he has the determination and the dedication that it takes to make it to that level because we see it. We see what he does and he, the way he pushes himself and he's always getting better. You can't catch up right there because he's still pushing forward while everybody else. So you're pushing really hard, but hey, so is this guy. So he's still, I mean, he's maintaining the lead. Mm -hmm. But once that body starts going and whether it's starting to get harder to maintain that weight level and his body starts shifting or stuff just starts falling apart, you know, like as we get older, shit just starts breaking down. And even if you are an elite level athlete, you're stretching and you're really working your joints and, and your, your bones and your everything that it's quite possibility that something could start breaking down. And if that starts to happen, then you have the chance of now these athletes that are, that were slightly behind that have youth on their side, they have, you know, better joints and limbs and stuff coming up. And then they've been training for, you know, ages and ages themselves. Somebody's going to start closing that gap. And that's the point where we still, when we need to worry about it. And right now I that just don't, don't feel <laughs> I don't feel that we're in that stage right now. Um, DJ hasn't shown it. And the only other way I think it would be is if he slips up. You know, he's been coming out, acting the part more, talking the part more, mm -hmm. you know, but he may, he finds a way to uber focus and just sharpen it down on fight night. And he, he hasn't lost focus. He hasn't made a mistake that he couldn't return from. Right. And that's the only other thing besides a degraded DJ. It's a DJ that, somehow is out of his mind and loses focus.
but we've never seen that before because yeah. as we've seen, anybody can make he's, a mistake. He's mentally strong, you know, and just lose focus and they get caught. They make a mistake and the the opponent makes a makes him pay for it. DJ doesn't usually make those big mistakes, you know. So unless something happens and he gets so caught up in these things, like you know when when Ronda lost. There were things about that week that just felt off, like the personality, everything that was just kind of coming out, yeah. just felt off. So, so I think some, some of the interviews, yeah. Some so of the now, off. yeah, when we see DJ sometimes, you know, get out a little bit, I think we're not seeing a DJ that's going out of his mind. We're just seeing a DJ that's changing yeah. his his personality. He's embracing more because before he would never open up, he would never say anything. Now he's fully embraced. We're still it. just seeing bits and pieces of it. Well, though. true. He is a different guy off camera. True. And I wish fans could see that a little bit more. But I mean, I think that might make him a little bit more marketable. I think if people saw how kind of relaxed and laid back he is, but we are seeing bits and pieces of it, man. We're seeing bits and pieces of it, and I love the fact that you know. Uh, yeah, I mean, he is being a little more sharp in his answers, you know, like, you know, hey, I don't even care anymore. Like, why are you asking that? Like, you, he's, he's making fun of people the other day. Like, listen to this guy's question. You guys can all learn something. I mean, it was it was funny. Um, I do want to ask you, you know, because Demetrius has come out this week, and it's the first time I think I've really heard him just say, I don't care about a 135 super fight anymore. I don't care. You know, he's, he's thrown the number out there. Yeah, for $2 million, I'll go do it. I think Dane has made it clear, like, bro, you're not getting $2 million for it. Um, and, and Demetrius just kind of said, look, I'm not interested in 135. And it's weird because on the one hand, like, I've always thought he doesn't need to go to 135. Like, I think there would be something cool about setting some completely untouchable record. I mean, what if he does get 20 title defenses in a row? I mean, can you imagine that? 20 title defenses? That's going to be shit you're talking to your grandkids about when they're right. like, wait, wait. This dude defended a belt 20 times in a row, and you're like, yeah, it was amazing. Right. I've never seen nothing like Or it would be more like, yeah. It, well, I don't know. Your voice doesn't go that high when you get on, right? But I was trying to do like the old – great. But you know the what I mean? The old dude from uh, – Yeah, from Family Guy. Family. <laughs> but no, I mean – I mean, <laughs> that DJ, he was something. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, yeah, but I mean, I, it's, it's going to be something special. I mean, I do That's think true. there's something cool. That's the shit that will live for – Live forever, forever. More, or at least it seems more than a super fight because now yeah. you'd be you know you you'd you'd be the third champ champ you know you wouldn't even be the the first you wouldn't be the second you'd be the third champ champ you'd be what the sixth guy now in UFC history to to win in two weight classes so, I mean it's yeah. just it's not as special anymore to do it and yeah I mean I don't let, let's say Dillashaw wins I mean does Dillashaw DJ Dillashaw a, Dillashaw dollar dollar Dillashaw does it win does it, does it can't talk over that. I love you, Cameron. <laughs> right? Uh, at, at 135 pounds, I mean, d- d- I mean, does that? I mean, does DJ TJ at 135 do anything like money wise? I don't think so. I think we're in the same situation we yeah. are this week right now. You know, where where nobody's expecting good financial results. So, uh, to be honest with you, man, if Demetrius can win 20 in a row, can win, f- uh, do it, man, dude. Like 20 title defenses in a row would be crazy. It was funny when we got to talk to him the other day, and it was. As Danny Austin likes to point out, it was his question that that uh, that set everything off. But he said, "Do you want Horiguchi back?" And it set DJ on this path of, you know, what I would really like to do. I would like to go to Risen and win their title, and go to One and win their title, and go to you know, go to all these other organizations and take their title home, and and then my trophy case at home would have belts from all over the world instead <laughs> of just this one belt over and over and over and over. And he painted this this beautiful picture. And if you watch the scrum, like I'm like. 
Okay, yeah, but that's not going to happen. So, uh, can we? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it would be cool though if they could figure out some way to do that. Like, and that's why that'll be the last interview you ever do with exactly him. <laughs> Demetrius Johnson. I, I, you know, I, I mean, if the UFC ever did that, like, hey, we're going to license our guy out. I mean, if there was ever a guy you felt you could loan out, it might be DJ because I don't see anybody in the world beating him right now. But, but we know that's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. All right, uh, let's talk about the rest of the main card. Hinata uh, Moicano versus Cub Swanson. We had a chance to talk to Cub Swanson earlier this week. You know, life as a as a family man. He's got a, a growing family. Turns out there's a possibility his his twins that are due might be born on the same day as his first as child. As his first one, yeah. Which would be, he said, that would be pretty amazing because then I could just have one birthday every year. One big party. I think that would be great. Um, going against Hinata Moicano, who's a tough, tough guy. And is a big guy, man. They, they yep. stood face-to-face today. Um, not a lot of people know Hinato Makano, but he's put together a nice record in the UFC. Cub Swanson, a guy that's been around forever, you know. Um, it was funny. You know, I did uh, – uh, talked with the Submission Radio Boys earlier this week from down in Australia, and, and, yeah. they, and they had a question. And, and, and you know <laughs> – You can't. <laughs> right Can oath? Right after they said that, they asked the question. They were like, you know, what is Cub Swanson's legacy? And I thought that was a great question. You know, like, it is hard, right? I mean, he's a guy that's been around forever. He's yeah. he's fought in the WC. He's fought in the UFC. I mean, he's been relevant for a long, long time, but never won the big fight, you know? Um, you know, I don't think he's a UFC Hall of Famer, but he's also not somebody I would say, like, this should just fade into into the background over the course of history. I mean, he's somebody that matters. That's why they should have a ballot, a popular ballot vote, like a people's choice, like award each year. Where you know, because you're right. There's, I think, there's going to be guys that don't ever, if it need, if it means that you need to have a belt, or you have this fight that you know, is the end all be all. You know, since we now we see fights get in. Right. I would love for them to have a people's choice. You know, if it fits within, if they have to set some sort of a guideline, the guy has to be retired, you know, uh, just like the other ones. It has to be retired fire. But let the fans pick. You know, maybe even if you have a few, you know, that you want to suggest and give, like give options. Like say if it was, you know, say there's Cowboy and Cub and, you know, like a Diego Sanchez or something, you know, after they've retired, you know, and let the people pick doesn't mean like they only get one time at it but i would love if they open up something like that because you know uh, there's a lot of these people that on the the sheer merits of you need to either have like this title and do whatever a lot of these people are never going to make it there you sure. know and i would love to see an avenue where people the people that actually love and respect the sport could actually have a say into who is going to get in this Hall of Fame, which is what is is meant for the fans. I guess you know, you know if if you're looking for, uh, I was gonna say if you're looking for a back door, but uh, we all know that you're always doing that. Yeah. Uh, no, but if you're looking for a, a, a way for Cub Swanson to get in, um, the fight with Duho Choi probably deserves the UFC Hall of Fame at some point, right? I mean that was, I mean that was a very recent fight. I mean I think that was 2016, yeah. so it's too soon for it to get in. But I mean at some point. That was, I mean, that was one. It was, it was a great was a fight. Great fight, man, and just the depends iconic on what, yeah. imagery at the end. You know what I mean? We're starting to get it. We're starting to get a decent amount of some of those big bangers. You know, yep. so it, you start to wonder what's going to be in the competition. Like, who's going to be in that lineup? At some point, we're gonna, you're gonna have like two or three fights where you're like, wow, either one, yeah, could do it. You know, and then yep. you hope that the other one eventually would get it. But I, I mean, I do, I do like that. I mean, uh, 
he's always been a favorite of mine. You know, he's always been a good guy. He's always been uh, very gracious with his time during fight weeks and stuff. Well spoken, and, uh, and yeah, he doesn't necessarily love media. You know, he's kind of yeah. joking, like, "Hey, your favorite part of fight week." You know, he yeah. hates it, but he does it, man. He's so he does great it. at it. And it's fucking that Killer Cub brand, man. Those logos. That is the, a dope logo, stuff. man. Dude, he's got he's got his gear he's got is great nice. Shit, man. He's got great great little gear stuff, man. That Killer great Cub design. logo is sharp. Yeah, it's, it's sharp. Dope. Uh, JJ Aldridge versus Pollyanna Viana. Uh, JJ Aldrich, you know, uh, an up and comer out of Colorado, training alongside Rose Namajunas, Pollyanna Viana, excuse me, uh, the Brazilian that just has one fight in the UFC so far. Um, as as you certainly noted today, uh, now granted Pollyanna had heels on, but there is a big uh, size difference big between size these difference. two fighters. Um, and uh, Pollyanna is actually a big favorite uh, according to the odds makers, or at least was the last time I checked out. Um, but J.J. Aldrich, man, I, there's something about her, man. She's got some grit. You know, she's not the most physically intimidating person you'd ever run across, that's for sure. I mean, if you if you saw her in a bar or something, you wouldn't worry too much that if things go down, she was going to be one getting in the middle of it. Uh, <laughs> right. But I've, I've been impressed with her grit, man. I've been impressed with, uh, you know, kind of her durability and, and her confidence that seems to be gaining as she goes. Um, I, I think this is this is fair enough, the one fight that I think people are like, why is this on the main card of the pay-per-view? Um, but you know, to her credit, JJ, uh, today told us, you know, I'm going to show you why, you know, this is my opportunity and I, and I see it and, uh, man, not too many, not too many better people to be working with, to have mental strength and understand the awareness, um, than to be working with Rose Nama Yunus. And I thought it was so hilarious because we kind of touched a little bit upon, you know, what are you fighting for JJ? I mean, knowing that your teammate is the champion and, 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 you know, looks to be starting a, a you know a, a good run. You know, what are you what are you doing? I mean, are you are you fighting to try to get a title shot or whatever? And she said, look, when my time comes, my time comes. But she said that Pat Barry said that after this fight, if she wins, you know, she should call out Rose just as kind of a just as kind of a funny <laughs> joke. You know, to be like, you know, Rose, I'm coming for you. Yeah, that would be funny. <laughs> that should be a good one. I mean, uh, some good fighters. I mean, but Viana man, her submission skills. Are just sick, and I think with the size difference, uh, it really, really puts a uh, uh, a damper on the fact that JJ is going to have to overcome. She's going to want to get in there and strike, but you want to get in there and strike against somebody that's got longer limbs, and once they grab you, who has a bigger, just a bigger frame. I'm interested to see what uh, Viana bulks up to, mm-hmm. you know, after the weight cut. But I mean, she's got six submissions. I, she's like a bazillion time jiu-jitsu champion i mean that's tough so i mean not to say that jj doesn't have uh you know good submission defense and things but it's a different level when somebody's a world yeah. champion we talked to uh, uh our good friend alex davis who's a part of uh the pollyanna viana team and uh said that uh that, and i'll have to talk to her more in the, in the future again it's been kind of a rough week but um comes from the southern Amazon region, basic out in the middle of nowhere, man. So uh, she used to rec- wrestle pumas and, yeah. and wildcats, and <laughs> it's like the Habib Nurmagomedov made off of, <laughs> of Brazil. Uh, all right, we talked about Holland Tiago Mejia Santos. Uh, look, the, the class of the FX. Pay attention, FX preliminary card, not FS1 this time. It'll be on FX. Uh, that Brett Johns Pedro Munoz fight. That's the fight that stands out to me on that FX uh, section of the card. Uh, Brett Johns, uh, man, I, I love his uh, his honesty, man. He's, he said, listen, the, you know, the fight against uh, Aljamain Sterling back in April, my first professional loss. He's like, dude, I was just feeling flat that night. I don't know what it was. The preparation was good. Everything was good. 
and I just knew from the beginning I was off, uh, but I wasn't ever going to give up. You know, I, I kept grinding, and I, and I took some pride in the fact that, you know, I kept going till the very end. Uh, meanwhile, I guess Pedro Munoz, who has had kind of a rough start to 2018, you know, he missed weight early on. Uh, there were all those issues that happened in that fight down in Brazil. There was, you remember, that was when the, the, the hotel ran out of hot water and, you know, there was no access to right. spas. I mean, it was kind of a weird deal. Uh, then, they, you know, they rescheduled the fight. He ends up losing a, a hard-fought split decision to John Dotson, who, come on, man, Dotson's one of the best in the game in, yeah, the, in those lighter no weight classes. None at all. So, I mean, two guys. It is interesting. Now Pedro Munoz is kind of the veteran where he's always kind of been the prospect. Brett Johns is the prospect. But to me, that's that's the class fight of, of the FX prelims. Yeah, that should be a good one. Uh, and then you got uh, Matt Sales. Yeah, and I do like Shaman Marias. That's yeah, a good fight too. That's a good fight. You know, uh, that's a big step up because Marias is a beast. I think of the level of competition of what he – you know, Matt was fighting on the, the, the contender series. While it is good, like, this is a big step up in yeah. competition. Um, but that should be really, really yeah, good. That's, that's very much a similar to a uh, Kevin Holland fight where it's, uh, welcome to the UFC, <laughs> my friend. <laughs> yeah. This is what you wanted? You wanted to be a UFC fighter? <laughs> Go fight that guy. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, the fight past prelims. I do think the, the fight there to watch is Alex Perez versus Jose Shorty Torres. Yeah, um, Alex Perez uh, – a man of few words uh, is not a, a – he doesn't ramble on very much when you interview him. We did talk to him earlier this week. But, um, you know, pretty cool to think a year ago he wasn't in the UFC, um, was thinking about retiring even, was thinking, you know, maybe you know, maybe my, my life as a professional fighter has kind of run its course um, and then got a spot on the contender series. That earned him a spot in the UFC. He's picked up a couple of wins. Uh, and now he's fighting Jose Shorty Torres, um, you know, who's been a super prospect forever. You know, this uh, incredible amateur career. Uh, did pick up a win in his UFC debut. Was not a, in a particularly easy fight for him. You know, he was having a rough go of it. Uh, and then was able to to get the wild slam takedown uh, knockout. So um, I think that's uh, I think I think that's a big fight uh, on, yep. on the on the prelims. You know, Danielle Taylor just happens to be a fighter that I love it, watching fight. Yeah, that's that should be a fun one too. And I mean, I'm interested to see Zhang, yep. how you know how she looks coming in. So that's a good one. Yeah, China representing on the uh, on the the fight pass. Premium. I know. And then uh, looks at Marlon Cheeto Vera. I ran into Cheeto. Of course, I'm a huge Cheeto fan, man. Like, yeah. he is. He's a good dude. He's a. Str- I mean, he is a great dude. Uh, I saw him today, and it was funny. He got on the elevator at the same time I did, and it had to do a double take. He's completely clean shaven. So oh. like he doesn't have the I wouldn't recognize him. I, I'm telling you, man. I was like, <laughs> like you know, you see somebody and you kind of will give them the like, hey, what's up? But then I'm like, what's up? But I'm like, Do I, that is I you? that is you, right? So I kind of gave him a little, <laughs> I kind of gave him a little head nod because I was like, I definitely know who that guy is, but he didn't have any facial hair. And I was like, I, I definitely know who that guy That's is. That's so hilarious. I, so I gave him the what's up, and then he stepped in the elevator and he just said like, hey. And I was like, oh shit, it is you, Cheeto. And I gave him the you know a little little bro hug or whatever because. <laughs> I, I love him, man. He's just such a, a great spirit, man. A good dude. And I asked him, I was like, "Bro, you're looking sharp with the clean shave." He's like, "Wow, man." He's like, uh, "He's like it was short. It was a short notice fight." And he's like, "I didn't. I didn't have my mustache grown out very well at the time." And he, he's like, "I didn't have time for it to fill in, so I just had to shave everything off." I wonder why he shaved it in the first place. I don't know. Maybe it's one of those things that in between fights he just gets or rid of it. Or just like does it for a fight camp? If yeah, it starts at the beginning of the fight camp or something. So the mustache will not be there. Oh. Uh, Crazy. Uh, listen, um, should say too. Uh, I mean, again, it's always Thursday night when we do this, so a lot, of, a lot of you by the time you listen to this, maybe it'll have already happened. But there is a big press conference happening tomorrow. 
we we found out about that earlier. But you heard week. it here first. You're damn right, you did. <laughs> uh, a big press conference. Uh, I will say, I think the thing that everybody's waiting for is: Are we going to hear uh, Habib versus Connor? Habib. Uh, originally, I had heard that they, you know. Listen, everything that I've heard is that the fight is on track. For October 6th in Las Vegas, it will be the main event at T-Mobile. That is what I'm hearing. What I have not heard is that it's signed and done and will be announced tomorrow. I've I've heard conflicting reports. I mean, I've heard some people say um, that they're not even here. And I should say the PFL is going on right now, and I think Mm -hmm. Habib is actually at the PFL right now. Not that – those two gentlemen can't afford to fly from New York to yeah. L.A. in the morning on a yeah. very fast uh, private jet. Yeah. Um, but I don't – what I'm hearing is we're not going to get the announcement that we're all waiting for. We're going to get some announcements. Mm. We're going to have some fights. We're mm. going to have a lot going on. But we're not getting the big one at least yet. Nothing's I'll, close to finalized. Let me qualify <laughs> all that by saying uh, it could be some people trying to give me the smoke screen. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know what I mean? Sometimes you're like – I think he's telling me the truth, but I'm not sure if he is or not. But if I was a betting man, I'd say we're not getting it tomorrow. But then I'll go opposite. I'll say we're getting it then. All right, well, there you go. I'll I'll, I'll bet you one of the PBRs in the fridge, if there's some left. (laughs) (laughs) Not many, if any. Uh, All right. Well, listen, uh, yeah, that's what's going on in L.A. It's been kind of a rough week. Yeah. Um. Pour one out for the homie. Uh, I don't even know what else to say. It's been yeah, no, yeah, you just brought it back down again. Between that, it's been. <laughs> I know we got excited. We started talking about fights, and it got kind of exciting. And then again. you made it, it real good. again. And then you made it real. Um, I don't know. Do we have, do we have like some uh, some some Green Day teed up to 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 play <laughs> Why off? Why Green or? Day? What, uh, what's the it's a departing point? There's a fork stuck in the road. <laughs> Keep going, keep going. I'm not quite sure I know what song it is. Keep going, keep going. Yeah, I never heard of that one. Thanks for listening. <laughs> We'll